The divorce was like death. We didn't know how to resolve conflict. We didn't have enough money. I was scraping. My stepmom met her when I was nine. It's not a traditional blended family because I didn't have children. She literally raised me up over some floodwaters. Pretty strong bond between all of us. Unless God puts something together, it's going to fall apart. The divorce was, it was like losing. It was like death. It was like somebody died. But literally, it's like a whole side of the family died. I got saved when I was 17, but I strayed, did my own thing, wandered around. But once I got into my 20s, I started to realize I had a yearning to do what God had desired for me. I was literally living with my first wife before marriage. And I told her that we needed to get ourselves right with God. As the word of God soaked in, I started to realize that I needed to honor not only him by marrying this woman. I needed to honor her parents. I needed to honor my parents. Men don't just sample. They go in for what God has for them to do. We had a daughter at 30, my oldest daughter, Micah. Once she came along, the whole dynamic changed. The first wife and I, she goes wanting to be more like her younger self. I go with, we've got a kid now, and we've got to be more parental. We've got to be more training this child up in the way she should go, and when she's old, she won't depart from it. As I look back on it and I think about it, there were some definitely some inadequacies in me, some things that I was immature, and we didn't know how to resolve conflict well. The year that Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, on that Sunday, I come home, and my wife has left me, and she's taken my daughter also. We had the standard agreement every other weekend and Wednesdays, and we would, we would, we would spend some quality time. We had a dog, a little miniature pincher, you know, that I loved, and we would go out and, you know, throw the frisbee, play with her. We would go swimming. Um, he was the one that taught me how to like to dive deep into the pool. I was adamant about being a godly father, about trying my best to do what God had called me to do, even though I was I was scraping, scraping. I remember going to Walmart buying the dollar ninety nine apple juice, the French bread, and getting some butter, and like just and and, and grilling it on the stove in a, in a pan. And that was dinner. She still loves those times that we had. And it was just because we didn't have enough money to get anything else. When I met Stephanie, I was looking at her from the standpoint of, but how could she want somebody like me? She's a surgeon. How could she... I know me. I don't, sometimes I don't even want to hang out with me. Why would she want to be with me? There was just something about him. He, he seemed so close to the Lord, and he had a relationship that I envied. And it was something that I wanted to be a part of. So I really feel like I truly owned my faith after I got married. My background is in medicine. I am an orthopedic surgeon. I was 39 at the time, and all of my patients wanted to see me married. They 
took it as their mission to set me up and I've got a cousin, I've got a nephew and, you know, trying to set me up with people and I really wasn't meeting anyone. Fortunately, one of my friends who was in the choir, his wife was in the uh, home health field and she, her company needed a salesperson. One of the sales representatives that I work with um, asked me one day, he said, tell you what, let's write it down. I want you to give me a list of everything you want in a guy and I'll see what I can do. I said, okay, so we literally, and he still has the list to this day. I wrote down, I said, I want someone to be tall. That was just my first thing. And I said, I want someone who's funny, he'll make me laugh. I want someone who uh, is educated. They don't have to have an advanced degree, but have an education. I want them to be honest. Um, I want them to be um, God-fearing. And it wasn't two weeks later, Demetrius walked into my office. I went to her office as a rep trying to solicit business. And for some strange reason, they were ridiculously nice to me at that office. I was like, okay, well, I'll go back. And the first time I went, she was in surgery. So I went back the next week, and then I saw her from the counter, and I was like, oh, I see. I see why you were being nice to me. Because, you know, here's this woman, and tall and gorgeous. I remember the first time I called her. She's li literally in the OR. And they're like, Dr. Stevens, uh, it's, it, the phone's for you. And I'm like, where are you at? And she's like, operating room. I wanted to get more information about him. So I called another friend of mine who's a home health rep and asked her to pretend to be offering him a job. And she invited him to her office and sat down and she interviewed him and got found out about his daughter, that he was divorced, got all the information about him. She came back and she said, I think he's a good one. I got a knock at the door while I was seeing a patient and they said, someone passed out in the kitchen. You've got to come really quick. You need to come. I thought, oh my gosh, and I run out there. And he's in the hallway with two dozen red roses and uh, asked me if I would go to a, a party with him. And I look back and all my patients are out of the doors, you know, looking, what's she gonna say, what's she gonna say? And, and I said, yes. He wanted to find somebody that he felt could be safe as a, as a, as a substitute mother for her, his daughter. Um, so it couldn't be just anybody. Micah and I got along immediately. She was nine at the time, and you know, now she's 27, and, and I love her like my own daughter. One of the things I wanted to know was, how does he behave around his daughter? What kind of a father is he? So each time he did come to my office, he brought his daughter with him. And I really found that to be amazing, that he cared that much that he didn't just leave her home by herself or toss her with friends when he was working. If he had to do something and she was out of school, he brought her with him. I, I think early on in my wish list, I wanted somebody who had never been married before and didn't have children so we could experience that together. Um, but as you get older, you realize it's not likely that you'll find someone like that, or if you do, maybe that's there's a reason they haven't been married for that long and didn't have children, and it may not be what fits your lifestyle. It's not a traditional blended family because I didn't have children, um, but bringing her on into our household and, and then having a child together just created one big family. My stepmom, we, you know, I met her when I was about nine. And, you know, she's been great, a role model, and she actually is who inspired me to go into healthcare. I thought she was pretty cool. It was awesome that she was a doctor. I'd never seen a black female doctor in the space that she was working in. 
there were tricky, tricky spots. So like when it was just me and my dad, like a lot of times I was like the, the center of the focus, you know. And when a man marries a woman, you know, they've got to be more, they've got to put the woman first because, you know, kids are going to grow up and move away. And so that was a little tricky for me to adjust to and adapt to. But I think when I got a little bit older, I understood that, you know, they're, you know, they're going to, they're gonna, they got to choose each other for pretty much forever. Stephanie, I call her my arc of safety, if you will. She, she literally raised me up over some floodwaters of life that I was going through. And she was a blessing that I never even imagined that I could have. And I really feel God played a tremendous part in that because I had, you always say you want something, but when you actually speak it and trust it to God, and I didn't try to make it happen, it just fell in my lap. It just happened exactly the way I would have, could have dreamed about it. I had never been married before, and I was so excited, and we go on the honeymoon, and I come back, and we'd been married six weeks, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and and we didn't really have a chance to enjoy just the two of us together before all of a sudden we're preparing for a family. On the flip side of that, we were 40 at the time. So right. It, right. Was a, it was a huge blessing to get pregnant. I worked after I had my, my son. Um, my husband stayed home with them. Uh, and it really worked perfectly. He stopped working for, as a home health rep. When, he, when Stephen was about six weeks old, and for 10 years he stayed at home and took care of him. And it was the perfect setting for us because I felt I had someone safe that I could trust that was taking care of my child. He did the housework, so to speak. <laughs> it worked very well for us. Um, I think it takes somebody who's very comfortable in their own skin to be able to play that kind of a role, um, and it, it worked. And so Stephen is almost 6'7", wears a size 15 shoe, and he's becoming quite a little basketball person. Not little, but quite a basketball Quite an accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, that's my boy, you know. He's... Mom and son always have a special relationship, and we're very close. He's very caring, compassionate. Even playing basketball as, as a young boy, um, I had a mother come up to me once, and she said, out of all the children out there on the court, he's the only one that went over and helped my son up when he fell on the ground, and he was on the other team. Um, that's just something he did. He didn't, you didn't have to tell him to do it. He just felt that. And so now I watch this boy drive to the basket and dunk a ball in a way I've never seen. And he's, he's really grown into his body, and, and he's still growing. I'm 16, and I enjoy playing basketball. We have Friday night fun time sometimes. I might get out a board game. And, like, even after dinner, like, every day almost, we'll have trivia night, which is, like, pull out our phones and look up trivia stuff. So it's a pretty strong bond between all of us. Micah, she's caring and knowing. She knows how to help if I need help with my homework or something. Micah has is more like a little sister to me. She's the one when she comes home from work, Oh, Stephanie, let me show you what I saw on YouTube. And we look at videos, and if she wants to show me an outfit, she'll come and show me that. So we, we have more of that type of relationship. But at the same time, if she needs advice, she'll also come to me like she would to a mom. 
So I kind of play both of those roles with her. If you work a job during the day when you get home, your real work starts when you enter that threshold. I would say to parents, just be there. Be in the moment by moment of who they are. And I had to make myself do that, put the computer away and get on the floor. And and you could see his face light up if I got on the floor and played Legos with him. When you say be in the present, you have to really be there. And, and, and the kids recognize that. They, they, I think that really makes, validates them. It amazes me that by doing that, sometimes Stephen opens up to me about things that are going on with him. There's a lot of laughter, a lot of joking, um, a lot of making fun of each other. Um, but it's, it's all in love and it's all in fun. My dad... He's like the authority figure a household needs, but also at the same time, he's just as understanding and caring. I am presently mentoring men over at our church. I've been acting for about 27 years, and I do a lot of voiceover. What? No, that won't work. Unless God puts something together, it's not going to stay. You can't, you know, you can put all the speckle and spackle and try to fix it and duct tape and everything else, and it's going to fall apart. And that's what happened with the first marriage. And because I believe he put us together, he built our house. That's why our house is strong. Transferring that faith is something that is, it's a day by day, a moment by moment thing. It's, it's almost like you're, you're planting something that you might not get to see come into fruition. You're planting a seed for a tree that may take 20 years to grow. Yeah, 20, 30, a lifetime, yeah. I think the best way is, is, is to teach by example. And when they, they see how we love each other, how we respect each other, how, how we invite God into our lives, they will be able to, by that example, be able to do the same. I think for me, the biggest lesson is... Nothing goes the way that you plan it in your mind. Your child may not do what you plan for them to do. They may not behave the way that you think that they should. Um, Their personality will change and evolve over time, and you have to roll with that. So the biggest lesson for me is I have some expectations, but I'm willing to modify those as needed so that he can be the best person that he can be. And the same, same with Micah. She started out with a totally different mindset of what she wanted to do with her life, and it's changed. I can roll with that and make sure that she can be the best woman that she can be. So the lesson is that I can't make people be what I think they need to be. They're going to find their own way, and if I can encourage them and help them, and then, then it's okay. It's okay if it didn't work out the way I wanted. I'd say step back and see the whole picture. I think when you're a kid, you're just focused on like your family unit is different. It's not the same as it had been. But like you really need to kind of take a step back and, and see it from your parents' point of view. There will be tough times in life, but you know, knowing that it's not in vain, that God is ordering your steps really makes things, makes life worth living, makes it worthwhile. I believe that we have been placed here at this time in history to do what God has called us to do. He did, it doesn't take him by surprise that the world's going to be in the state it's in, you know, and we can't always want be in rapture mode thinking we're going to get out of here 
you know, beam me up, Scotty, beam me up, Jesus. You know, we've got to be about our father's business here in the present because that's why we're here. We're not an accident. We're here on purpose. We have to be here in the present doing what we're supposed to be doing, what God has put us on the planet for. When we first started dating, I eventually had to ask him to stop bringing me flowers because every time we had a date, he came and brought flowers to the point where I'm like, I still have the other ones from three days ago and you're going to go break bankrupt to stop. Um, and even, you know, years later, we've been married now 17 years and I still get flowers. God is love, and love comes from God. In 1 John, the Bible tells us that God is not only all-loving, but that He actually is love itself. The heart of the Parent Compass television show is to bring the transforming love of God to families everywhere. In every Parent Compass episode, true stories reveal family struggles and how their lives were radically changed by the love of God. Parent Compass, an award-winning television series, is completely funded by people like you. If you have been touched by God and you want to share God's love to others, would you please pass it on? Jesus tells us to go into all the world and to tell about Him. With your donation, you allow us to take this television show into many different nations and in many different languages, free of charge. And a portion of your donation goes to Parent Compass Outreach to feed starving children. Your gift does so much. To make your tax-deductible gift, go to parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. That's parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. And thank you for sending love and hope around the world. <laughs>